Okay, uh, for those that don't know me, my name is Polis, and I've been, I got saved in Josh Jen three years ago, a little bit more than three years now, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, which is probably in the toddler, baby room, mother's room, with my son Malachi, he's almost five months old, and um, yeah, I've got a lot of family here, blood family, my parents are here, my cousins are here, my brother's here, um, and then... Obviously, all of you are my family as well, so there's a, there's a lot of us. Um, <clears throat> I will be speaking about f- faith tonight, uh, specifically a life of faith. And um, the person I'll be looking at is, is a- Abram. And um, I don't know who of you know the song, Father Abram. Who knows it? Okay, I promised I wouldn't sing it. So, but yeah, so by faith, we are all children of Abram. It's Abram. It says, Father Abram has many sons. And uh, I'm one of them, and so are you. So having a, a father, spiritual father, you know, kind of in common, that means we are all family. Um, and the word touches a lot on that. But, yeah, so <clears throat> looking at the life of Abram, um, I want to you look at what made an ordinary man, because Abram was just an ordinary bloke. There was nothing really before, you know, before everything happened. There was nothing special about him. He wasn't this mighty warrior or this man of God or something was just an ordinary man. Um, okay, and we can start with the first, the first verse there. Yeah. Okay, Genesis 12, verse 1 to 3. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, go from, your, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. Now, that's, that's an insane call. Because I think blessing and blesses probably like five times in the scripture. Um, <clears throat> to an ordinary guy who most likely never met God before. Because in Joshua we read that his father worshipped idols. So that means that we can assume that Abram worshipped idols as well. So and that was before Israel was a nation, before there were any Jews. So they weren't really people of God. So just take that in for a second. This God that you don't know. Like you've, maybe you've heard of him, never met him, speaks to you one day. And he says, he comes to you with a call and a promise. <clears throat> now the promise is quite good. I mean, who wouldn't want that? I mean, I think he says, you are blessed. I will bless you. I will bless uh, your children. And in you, all the families of the world will be blessed. So that's a pretty awesome promise. But the call is quite sacrificial. Um, and the sacrifice is that Abram would have to leave his country, his people, um, his home, everything he's ever known, his comfort, his safety. Um, and at that age, he was, he was 75 years old. So that's older than most of you. Who here is close to 75? No, no, Mark, you're far from 75. So we got like one or two maybe close to 75. 75, married, no kids, living in his dad's house. And um, so life is good. <laughs> I don't think he had a lot of worries. Actually, I, I think he had a lot of possessions if you look at what he left with. So it was comfortable. It was good. And then God comes. So just imagine you're 75, living comfortably, and God comes and speaks to you. So newly, let's say newly saved, just met God, and he says, go. Go into the desert. Go to a place that I will show you, um, and you just have to walk. Who would, <laughs> who would do that? I don't think a few of us here, but 
Yeah. So if we go into the next verse, Hebrews, uh, Genesis 12, verse 4. Next one. Anyway, we'll see that Abraham does go. I think I didn't give that one. But anyway, it's just, so Abraham obeyed. And Abraham went. Left everything. Yes. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. And Lord went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Or Haran. So Abraham obeyed. And we've got to make this, we've got to kind of think about this. Why did he go? I mean, there's a lot of promises, but the sacrifices, you know, it's, it's a lot of sacrifice. And why Abraham went, um, we get told a lot later in the, in the Bible, it's in Hebrews 11. It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs of him to the same promise. So Abram goes out by faith. That's the only reason that he goes. It doesn't make sense. It's not, it's not an easy call. It's not something laid out. It's not something that he could have seen. Okay, this looks nice. Okay, God set out a plan for me. Okay, yes, this makes sense. He went on faith. That's all. That's the only reason Abram went. Um, and he trusted God completely. He just, he went. There wasn't, there was no holding back. There was no arguing. There was nothing. He had full faith in God. But the faith of Abram wasn't just a once-off faith. It was, a, it was a, a faith that carried him through his life. He kept living in faith. Because the story goes on. That wasn't the only reason that Abram became the father of faith. So then, years later... They started walking in this desert. Okay? Okay. So in total, they walked about three and a half thousand kilometers to get to Canaan, to get to the promised land. And God, yeah, that's a lot of walking for a 75-year-old. And he walked, for, he walked for 25 years before God gave him the next part of the promise. And God came and he, called, he came to him and he said, um, Abram, you're going to have a son. And it's going to be by a wife. And his wife was 90 years old by that time. Abram was 100 years old. That's 25 years of trusting God in the desert for a promise. And then Isaac gets born. Okay, first they laugh. And he's like, ah, no way, Lord, I'm too old. And the Lord says, no, it's going to happen. And then again, Abram has faith in God. He trusts God. He believes the promises of God. And then Isaac gets born. But that's only the birth of the promise. That's not even the fulfillment. That's just like the start. It's like the seed getting planted. So Isaac gets born. Obviously, it's a confirmation, and Abram's like, yes, okay, my, my faith has, has proven me, has proven good. Um, and then Isaac grows up, and he grows up, and, and the promise of God, Abram sees it growing. <clears throat> and then when Isaac was, uh, the word says he was a young boy, so somewhere between the ages of 18 and 30. So let's say he was in his 20s. Isaac is in his 20s now. He's his only son, his beloved son, um, and God comes and calls again. But this time the call is far worse. And God, um, I think the call is in Genesis 22 verse 1. They can put it up on the board. After these things, God tested Abraham again and said, Abraham, and he said, here I am. I, I forgot to give the rest. Sorry. <laughs> Do you have it, Jody? I actually think I have it here. After these things, God tested Abram and said to him, Abram, and he said, here I am. And he said, take your son, 
your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. I mean, that's kind of a shock when you read that. When God gives him a promise, he says, this is your son, this is the future, this is where your offspring would come from. And then God goes and says, okay, I want you to kill him. That's freak, that's weird. Like, who, would, who would find that easy to do? Is, is there one person here that would be able to do that? Okay, good, because I won't. I wouldn't. I mean, my boy is almost five months old now. I mean, I can just, as a father, I'm not even there yet, but I can just imagine, you know, that fright you get from that call. But Abram obeys. He's 120 years old. He's waited 25 years for this promise. And then the promise came, and it's another 20 years of, of kind of living in the promise. Yes, I've got this promise. And then God says, take it away. He says, kill it. And Abram says, yes, I will. And Abram walks the walk. It's a three days journey that he has to walk. So he's got to take his son Isaac with him, walk for three days. It's about somewhere between 60 and 80 k's to get to a mountain that the Lord will show him. doesn't know where it is. And then he has to offer his son. And he goes and they walk. And Abram has so much faith in God that on the journey, he's going to kill his son. He's decided in his heart he's, he's, going, to, he's going to obey God. On this journey, when Isaac asks him, Father, where are we going to find a lamb for the sacrifice? He says, um, he says, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering, my son. Even in the going, even in knowing that God is the God of his word, he still believes. He still has faith. He still has faith that this journey, no matter what happens, God will be faithful. And he has faith in God in the journey. And he goes, um, I'm not going to read the whole Genesis 22, but basically they go, they get to the mountain, uh, he leaves his servants at the bottom, and, and him and Isaac go up the mountain, him and this, the prodigal son, this, the son that would carry the inheritance, and they get on top, and he builds the altar, and he lays the wood on the altar, and he binds Isaac, his son, and he puts him on the altar, and he takes, he takes the fire in his one hand, and he takes the knife in his other hand, and he's in that moment ready to kill his son, ready to obey God to the last moment, not wavering once, being faithful and having faith. And then the Lord calls out to him. And then the angel calls out and he says, wait, don't kill your son. Um, and he gives him a lamb to, to sacrifice. And he says, Abram, because you were faithful, because you had faith in me, I will bless you even more. And, and through you, the world will be blessed and your inheritance. And he just blesses him even more. And, and Abram gets to keep his son. But he obeyed God because he had faith. He had faith that God would keep his promises. And even if God took those promises away, he would still have faith. And he was faithful to God until the end. And that's how Abram lived. That's, that's how his whole life went. Sorry, I got lost on my notes here. If we can put up um, Hebrews 11, verse 17 to 19. It says again, By faith Abraham, <clears throat> when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. And that is why Abraham walked in the promise. And that is why years later, 
we are all called children by faith of Abram because he had faith. That's why he walked in the promise of God. That is why he walked and fulfilled the calling that God had on his life. That's why he became the father of faith. And that is why he's the only guy in the Old Testament that was called the friend of God. That would be an awesome thing. Imagine you get to heaven and go, ah, it's my friend. This is my fr- the friend of God. Um, in one of the worship songs, we actually sang, we sang, God, you are a friend. Um, so just remember, just imagine God saying that back to you. So that's why. It's because of faith. That's the only reason. There's, there's no other reason for Abraham being these things and achieving these things. It's because he lived in faith daily. In everything he did, he trusted God and he had faith. Um, I don't have the scripture up here. It's somewhere in Ephesians, but it says that we are saved we are saved by grace through faith. And without faith, nothing is pleasing to God. Without faith, it's unable to please God. So Abraham, Abraham lived by faith. He also had an eternal perspective. Jonathan Edwards once said, stamp, Lord, stamp eternity into my eyeballs. <laughs> and uh, that's actually Stephen quotes that a lot. That's why I put it in there. But Abraham... It, Part of his faith was he wasn't looking at what was happening around him. He wasn't looking at the situation or the direct call or whatever God asked him to do. He had a kingdom mindset. He was looking to the things to come. The, the word says in that time, the promise that he had, he was looking towards a city that had foundations. A city whose designer and whose builder is God. Now that's eternity. That's heaven. That's, and that's what we're looking. We look to eternity and to the things of God and not to the things around us. And that stirs faith. That stirs faith. That stirs us to obey God and to keep walking and to keep fighting the good fight. So Abraham had an eternal perspective, which is very important. And although Abraham did so much, um, he wasn't perfect. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't a perfect man. So um, they get to Canaan eventually. And... um, they get to Canaan, and there's a severe famine, and they flee to Egypt, him and Sarah, uh, Sarah, his wife. And then when they get to Egypt, he's afraid of the Pharaoh, because his wife is very beautiful, like mine, like I just mentioned, and Jared mentioned the same. So you must be afraid of the Pharaoh. Don't go to Egypt. It's dangerous there. You must tell them you're his sister when you get to Egypt. That's what he tells us. So they do this. They disobey God. They flee to Egypt. And Sarah says to the Pharaoh, okay, I'm his sister, because he's afraid that they kill him. And the Pharaoh, on account of her beauty, takes her into his house. And then Abram gets blessed. Basically, the Pharaoh gives him stuff and everything. So he's kind of feeding off this, but he does nothing about his wife going to Pharaoh and being one of his wives. So he wasn't perfect. He He made a lot of mistakes. But still... Still, the world calls Abraham righteous. In Romans 4, Paul writes and he says that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. So still he was righteous, but he wasn't always a good man. He wasn't perfect. And this was before the law. So when the law came, then you could, they could kind of be justified by the law. If you followed all the works, then you could kind of, you know, they would call you righteous. So the law wasn't there. There was nothing. There was, there was no reason for him to be called righteous. So Abraham had a righteousness by faith. And, and this is something that we, as Christians living in the new covenant, need to 
need to aspire to as well because we can't be righteous by works. We can't be justified by the law. It's only by faith. And it says it so well in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, the next, next verse. For our sake, he made him, which is Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And that is a call for each and every one of us here tonight and the world to be the righteousness of God, to be a righteous people. That's the call. That's what God is calling us for. But it's a righteousness not attained by works. And it, it answers that in, in Habakkuk 2 verse 4. The next one. Behold, his soul is puffed up. Is it, not, it is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. And we are to be the righteous of God. That means we are called to live by faith. And this is, uh, it's echoed again in Romans 1 verse 17 and Galatians 3 verse 11. And it's, a, it's something that the Bible talks a lot about. And it echoes again and again that we are to live by faith. That is how we are to live. That is how we are to be different from the world, by our faith in Jesus. Um, and it says in Hebrews 10 verse 38, Next scripture, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So if we are to be called the righteousness of God. If you have given your life to the Lord and you are a part of his people, you are called to be righteous. We are called to live by faith and be a righteous people and not shrink back. Because my soul has no pleasure in, it, pleasure in him. So one day we want, we want to get to heaven and say, say, well, if you make it there. We want God to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I find pleasure in you. My, my soul finds pleasure in you because you did not shrink back. You lived a life of faith. Everything you did, you did by faith. You had continual faith in God and the promises of God. So let us not shrink back. Let us not fall into unbelief, looking at the world, looking at the things around us. But let us rather have an eternal perspective, looking to the things of God, looking to the acts of God, to the word of God, to the spirit. Let us be led by the spirit so that we can be a people of faith, a people who live by faith, a people who are pleasing to God. Without faith, nothing is pleasing to God. So let us continue to, to live in faith so that God's kingdom might come through us. Um, where's Michael? You can come up. So this faith is a gift of God. It is something that we receive. It is not something that is earned. And there's faith for each and every one of us here tonight. A faith that the Lord gives. And there's different types of faith. And first I just want to mention that there's a saving faith which leads to salvation. And that means that we are saved by grace through faith. So the grace is basically God did everything for us. There's nothing you can do to be saved, but you have to have faith. So through faith, you need to be saved. And, and tonight, there is faith by the Holy Spirit and by God. 